Tom, thanks for the overview of the Smurf paper. Before diving deep into the details, let's provide a brief high-level summary for listeners who may be new to the topic of neural radiance fields. Absolutely. Neural radiance fields have emerged as a powerful technique for view synthesis tasks like novel view rendering. At a high level, a radiance field maps 3D locations in a scene to color and density values. To render a new image, the model traces virtual rays through pixels and accumulates color based on the densities along each ray. The key innovation of recent works like NeRF is representing the radiance field as a neural network, allowing it to model complex natural scenes. However, training such models can be slow and rendering requires tracing many rays, limiting applications. Smurf tackles this by developing a hierarchical architecture that partitions the scene spatially and partitions the neural networks themselves. This increases fidelity while enabling real-time rendering across devices. Great summary Jen. Now let's dive into some of the key technical details. To start, could you explain the core building block that Smurf is based on, Memory Efficient Radiance Fields or MRF? Sure, MRF is an important building block for Smurf. Like other approaches, MRF uses a neural network to map 3D positions to density and color values. But to enable real-time rendering, it uses a sparse voxel grid combined with high-resolution 2D planes or trip planes to parameterize the network. Queries to the network interpolate features from the trip planes and sparse grid, balancing resolution and memory usage. This allows MRF to render bounded scenes in real-time but struggles on large unbounded scenes due to limited capacity. Smurf addresses this by building on MRF but extending it in important ways. Great explanation, that helps understand the foundations. So how does Smurf increase capacity to handle large scenes while maintaining real-time performance? The key innovations in Smurf are its hierarchical partitioning strategies. First, it spatially partitions the scene coordinate space into blocks each with its own MRF-like submodel. This increases resolution while still only requiring a single submodel per rendered frame. Second, Smurf partitions the view-dependent neural network weights within each block. This allows finer-grained modeling of view-dependent effects like specularities. Finally, it applies feature gating when querying the radiance field network. This lets the model focus capacity on detailed image regions. By introducing these partitioning schemes, Smurf massively increases model capacity without slowing rendering or using more memory compared to MRF. This is why it can render scenes hundreds of square meters in size in real time. Great explanation, those partitioning schemes are really clever ways to increase capacity without compromising performance. One other key aspect is how Smurf is trained, could you summarize the distillation approach? Yes. Rather than directly optimizing for image reconstruction loss, Smurf employs a form of model distillation during training. Specifically, it distills both the appearance and geometry of a pre-trained Zippy NeRF model, which produces state-of-the-art novel view synthesis quality. By distilling from this high-fidelity teacher, Smurf inherits its strong generalization capabilities without needing manual regularization tuning. This allows Smurf to approach the quality of Zippy NeRF while rendering hundreds of times faster. Distillation is a big part of how Smurf achieves both high fidelity and interactive performance. Excellent overview, thanks for breaking it down Jen. 
I think listeners now have a good understanding of the key ideas in SMERV, hierarchical partitioning for capacity gains and distillation training for high-quality results. Are there any other important aspects of the paper we should highlight? One other thing I think is worth mentioning is that SMERF is easily parallelizable and runs entirely in the browser, even on mobile devices. This was a major goal of the work, to make neural radiance fields truly interactive across all platforms. The researchers open-sourced an interactive viewer that lets you freely explore their reconstructed scenes directly from a web page. Being able to experience these large, photorealistic environments anywhere in real time is really impressive. Great point. The ability to deploy these models directly in the browser opens up all sorts of interesting applications. Thanks for the thorough overview Jen, I think listeners now have a really solid understanding of the Smurf method and its implications. Let's now open things up for any other questions people may have. Jingle plays Are you tired of feeling constrained by the limits of today's neural radiance fields? Can't render your gigantic garden gnome collection in real time? Well have we got the solution for you. Introducing Smurf Renderworks, the first and only company that can smash giant Smurfs into your scenes at ludicrous speeds. With our patented hierarchical Hungry Hungry Hierarchy technology, you can now overlay thousands of extra-large Smurfs across landscapes bigger than Montana. So go ahead. Live your best giant Smurf life in stunning 8K. Call now and we'll throw in a free Papa Smurf Pilgrim hat, a $49.99 value, just pay S&H. But wait, there's more. Upgrade to our Platinum Smurf package and you'll also receive your very own Azerite Blue Virtual Reality headset and a back massage from Smurfette herself. Smurf Renderworks, we're smurfing up your next general renderings. Call 1-800-SMURF now to get started. Smurfette not actually included. Some assembly and smurfing required. Prices and smurfs may vary. Here is a podcast episode about the paper diff history for long context language agents. Welcome everyone to another episode of the AI Update Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we're going to do a deep dive into a fascinating new paper that explores how we can enable AI agents to better understand and reason over long sequences of text-based interactions and observations. That's right Jen. The paper is called Diff History for Long Context Language Agents and it was published by researchers from New York University. As many of our listeners know, training AI systems to perform complex tasks that require understanding sequences of events that unfold over a long period of time is still a major challenge. This paper proposes a really clever and simple technique to help address this issue. Absolutely. Before we get into the specifics of their approach, let's provide some context on why modeling long histories is so important. Many real-world problems involve decision-making in environments where observations are only partially revealing individual actions and where effective policies need to integrate information seen far back in the past. Things like playing complex strategy games, having multi-turn conversations, and controlling robots all fall into this category. Exactly. The challenge is that directly feeding raw observations from the distant past into language models quickly becomes impractical due to memory limitations. The histories just become too long. This is where the idea of diff history comes in. The researchers notice that consecutive observations tend to be very similar, with only small changes between them. So their ingenious proposal was to represent each observation as the difference or diff from the previous one, 
much like how file differences are computed in Unix. What a clever analogy to draw from computer science concepts. By only encoding the differences, they're able to represent long sequences of interactions with much fewer tokens. In testing on the complex video game NetHack, they found if histories provided an average 4x increase in usable history length. For sure, this token level compression is a key benefit that allows language models to leverage much more context. But the researchers also theorized diff histories add an important layer of task agnostic abstraction. By structuring histories in this procedural, arithmetic-style format, the language models can learn general patterns without needing to memorize raw observations verbatim. Fascinating insights. It really shows how drawing from other domains can inspire new approaches. So what were the experimental results like when they applied diff histories to language agents playing NetHack? The results were extremely promising. Agents trained with diff histories massively outperformed both vision-based baselines and language agents using raw interaction histories, achieving a 700% higher score on held-out game instances. Diff histories enabled the language models to generalize much better despite only having access to the same fixed dataset. Additional analyzes also demonstrated just how crucial diff histories were to the agent's performance compared to other factors. Wow, those are some impressive gains. It really shows the potential of this approach. Of course, there is still progress to be made to match human-level ability in games as complex as NetHack. But this paper demonstrates a very practical technique for helping language models scale up to these kinds of rich, long-horizon decision-making problems. I couldn't agree more. Diff histories provide an elegant way to leverage the sequential understanding capabilities of large language models while addressing one of the core challenges holding them back. It will be exciting to see how this line of research develops and what other applications emerge. Thanks for joining me to discuss this fascinating work, Jen. Thank you for the insightful breakdown, Tom. I'm always impressed by the innovative ideas researchers are coming up with to continually advance the capabilities of AI. This was a fun paper to explore. Jen, hey listeners. Have you ever wished for a way to compress the weird, impossible-to-follow timelines of your bizarre chaotic dreams? Well then do I have the product for you. Introducing Dream Diffs, the revolutionary new dream recording technology from Diff History Incorporated. Simply strap on our patented Dream Diff sleep mask before bed and let our neural networks do the rest. That's right folks, thanks to breakthrough research in Diff Histories for language models. Dream diffs can now represent the strangest meandering dream narratives with up to 90% less tokens than traditional dream journals. No more waking up unable to explain why you were ascension piles of socks trying to defeat the Shadow King. With dream diffs, all that oddity is compressed down into a tidy sequence of minimal diffs. Did your dream self turn into a dolphin halfway through? No problem. Thanks to Dream Diffs that radical change is expressed in just a few symbols. So say goodbye to those incoherent morning recollections and hello to crisp, succinct dream reporting. Order your Dream Diffs mask today and unravel the mysteries of your mind's weirdest creations. Results not guaranteed for dreams involving actual logical coherence. Dream Diffs, compressing the impossible into pure dream sense since 2023. Order now and we'll throw in free decoding services from our AI dream analysts. Professor Socks the Dolphin and King Shadow themselves. But act fast, quantities of non-Euclidean logic are limited. Tom, thanks for the detailed breakdown of the head artist, 
Text Condition 3D Head Generation with Self-Score Distillation Paper Let's start our discussion with some context about why this research is significant. This paper tackles an important area of research at the intersection of computer vision and natural language processing. Generating 3D models from text descriptions opens up a lot of exciting applications, from virtual and augmented reality to video games and animation. However, it presents unique challenges compared to other types of text-to-visual generation tasks. In this introduction, the authors provide helpful background on related work in both text-to-3D generation of general objects as well as avatars specifically. They point out limitations in previous approaches, setting the stage for their novel methodology utilizing self-score distillation. Exactly. The ability to generate accurate 3D models from text could have widespread impact. Let's dive into some of the key technical concepts here. Can you explain the basic idea behind score distillation sampling? Sure. Score distillation sampling is a technique introduced in earlier work like DreamFusion to leverage pre-trained text-to-image diffusion models for distilling 3D representations. The basic idea is to add noise to images rendered from a 3D model then train the 3D parameters to minimize the distance between that added noise and predictions from the diffusion model conditioned on the text prompt. This acts as a form of self-supervision to iteratively optimize the 3D model. However, as the authors note, SDS can result in oversaturation or oversmoothing of textures. Got it, that provides an important foundation. Now could you unpack some of the key ideas in their proposed approach? Absolutely. The paper introduces a technique they call self-score distillation, or SSD, to address limitations in SDS and related methods. Rather than use a separately trained low RA model, they leverage a single frozen landmark guided control net diffusion model twice, once to estimate the score of the optimized 3D head, and again to predict the target distribution score. This ensures accurate spatial alignment and incorporates face landmark priors. They also find negative prompts help generate even higher quality textures. Through SSD, they're able to distill high-fidelity 3D heads with realistic geometry and appearance from text descriptions. Excellent summary of the core technical contributions. It seems like leveraging the same diffusion model twice with landmarks is really key to overcoming prior issues. Let's now discuss how this work might impact the field going forward. I think this paper significantly advances the state-of-the-art in text-to-3D head generation. By resolving long-standing issues like multi-face artifacts, the quality of generated heads surpasses previous methods. This opens up real promise for applications like virtual try-on, VR-slash-R, and digital human creation. The self-supervised approach is also fairly generalizable. So I could see future work extending SSD to other 3D object classes or modalities like images. Overall, the methodology proposed here sets a new benchmark and provides a solid foundation for continued progress in this important research area. Well said, Jen. In closing, I think the ability to synthesize realistic 3D models from text has huge potential. This paper makes an important contribution by overcoming prior limitations through their novel self-score distillation approach. It certainly advances the field significantly. Thanks for breaking it down. It was great to have such an in-depth discussion. You're very welcome. I enjoyed discussing this complex paper. Generating 3D content from language is such a compelling area of research. 
Thanks for having me on the show. Are you looking for heads? Look no further than Head Artists. We take any text description and generate a customized 3D head model just for you. Need the perfect virtual goblin for your D&D game? Head Artists can craft it. Want to see what historical figures actually looked like? We've got Picasso, Da Vinci, it's in the bag. Tired of the same old avatars? Spice things up with a Cyclops or Griffin head. Want to prank your friends? We can blend human and animal features for maximum weirdness. The possibilities are endless with head artists. Our self-score distillation technique means all our heads are photorealistic yet affordably priced. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, not that you'll want refunds once you see our funky Frankenheads. So stop searching and let head artists unleash your inner creature creator. Text us a description and get your custom cybercranium today. We'll have you head over heels for the wacky worlds we can conjure. Head artists, why settle for boring when you can go bonkers? Here is the transcript of a podcast episode explaining the paper anatomically constrained implicit face models by Prashant Chandran and Gaspar Zas in full verbose detail. Welcome listeners to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom and today Jen and I will be breaking down a fascinating new paper on modeling the human face. That's right Tom. 3D facial modeling is a huge area of research thanks to its wide range of applications in areas like visual effects, gaming, and medical imaging. In today's paper, the authors propose a novel technique called the Anatomical Implicit Face Model or AIM for short, which represents both the facial anatomy and skin surface using neural implicit functions. Before getting into the details, let's provide some context on why this paper is significant. Deformable 3D face models have been used for decades in animation to realistically capture facial expressions. Early methods used simple linear models, but more recently local models that incorporate underlying facial muscles and bones have become popular as they can represent more complex deformations with fewer shapes. Exactly. The state-of-the-art anatomical local model introduced the idea of coupling the facial skin surface to the underlying bone structure. This allows capturing both rigid motion and non-rigid skin deformations. However, these models are computationally expensive and don't fully constrain the skin surface. The AIM approach aims to address these issues through an implicit neural formulation. Great overview Jen. To understand the core idea here, we first need to explain a few key concepts. First, implicit neural representations have gained popularity recently for modeling 3D shapes, scenes, and images as continuous functions of 3D coordinates. AIM employs implicit neural networks to represent both facial anatomy and skin surface. Secondly, Traditional blend shape models store a collection of example 3D face shapes for expressions. AIM instead bakes these shapes into the implicit neural network during training. This enables it to generate novel realistic expressions on the fly through linear blend skinning and implicit deformations. Finally, the key idea is that AIM learns a dense underlying anatomical surface that constrains every point on the skin, not just sparse regions over bones. By reconstructing the skin from this anatomy using learned properties like soft tissue thickness, it can model complex deformations with just a neutral template and sparse training data. With these core concepts in mind, let's dive into the technical details of AIM. The authors formulate it as an ensemble of neural implicit functions that take a 3D point as input. Separate networks predict the underlying anatomy point, 
soft tissue thickness, and normal to reconstruct the neutral skin surface. Expressions are then modeled by linearly blending residual deformations on top of this skinned anatomical reconstruction. During training, AIM jointly learns to represent a set of example face shapes while fitting the underlying anatomy to roughly estimated skull-slash-jaw geometry. This sparse supervision is enough for the model to learn plausible dense anatomical structures. To fit the model to novel data, the authors employ neural reparameterized optimization to avoid directly optimizing the large number of spatially varying coefficients. The authors demonstrate AIM can reconstruct actor-specific blend shapes with high accuracy, learn meaningful underlying anatomy, and achieve competitive performance fitting and retargeting results compared to prior work. Additionally, Manipulating the learned anatomy allows intuitive face editing which was previously challenging without simulation. In conclusion, the anatomical implicit face model represents a novel approach to jointly modeling facial anatomy and skin surfaces using implicit neural functions. By leveraging learned dense anatomical constraints, it addresses limitations of prior works while enabling efficient training and evaluation. This technique opens up many exciting possibilities for future facial modeling research. And that wraps up our in-depth look at this fascinating new paper. As always, let us know if any part needs more explanation or if you have additional questions. Here is a comedic 30-second commercial for a silly company spawned by the AIM paper announcer. Are you tired of the same old face? Want to try out a new look without commitment? Introducing Face Mixer. We use the power of anatomical implicit face models to completely remorph your facial anatomy with a few simple clicks. Need a stronger jawline? Done. Want bigger lips? No problem. Feeling daring? How about seeing what you'd look like as an alien or animal? With Face Mixer, the possibilities are endless. Just upload a selfie and let our neural networks do the rest. In no time, you can debut your brand new face to the world without ever leaving your couch. Face Mixer. Why stick to one boring face when you can be anything you want online? Order now and we'll throw in 5 extra anatomy presets for absolute facial anarchy. Face mixer, morph your mush, not your bones. Terms and conditions apply. Here is a proposed podcast discussion on the paper free in it, bridging initialization gap in video diffusion models. Welcome everyone to another episode of our award-winning podcast. Today we're diving into an interesting new paper that addresses a key challenge in video generation using diffusion models. Jen, can you start us off with an introduction to the context and significance of this research? Absolutely Tom. Generating realistic videos from text descriptions is an important goal for AI, but current diffusion models still struggle with issues like inconsistent subject appearances and temporal dynamics. This paper from NTU presents a novel approach called Free Init to significantly improve generation quality without any additional training. First, some background, diffusion models work by corrupting inputs with noise, then restoring clean outputs through denoising. This works well for images, but videos introduce new challenges due to their temporal nature. Thanks Jen. So what are some of the key concepts and background we need to understand to appreciate this paper's contributions? There are a few important points. First, diffusion models are trained by gradually adding noise to videos, but this process doesn't fully corrupt the low-frequency information across frames. At inference though, models start from independent Gaussian noise with no correlations. Second, 
The initial noise, especially its low-frequency components, strongly impacts generation quality. But the training and inference noises aren't well aligned. This mismatch is what the authors call the initialization gap. Understanding this problem is critical to evaluating their solution. Got it. So there's an unaddressed issue in how video diffusion models are currently initialized for generation. Before we dive into the solution, it might help to define some related technical terms for our listeners like diffusion process, denoising, SNR, etc. You're right, let me quickly break down some of the key vocabulary. The diffusion process gradually adds noise to inputs over time steps, following a variance schedule. Denoising is the reverse process where a model cleans noisy inputs. SNR measures the signal strength relative to background noise and can analyze information corruption. Frequency domain refers to decomposing signals into different frequency components like low versus high frequencies. And a unit is a popular network architecture used for denoising. Excellent background. Now let's get into the core of this paper. What is the methodology behind free init and how does it aim to bridge this initialization gap? Great question. Free init is an iterative sampling strategy applied at inference time. It first generates a video from Gaussian noise using standard denoising. Then it obtains the noisy latent from diffusing this video backwards with the same noise. This noisy latent has improved low-frequency temporal correlations compared to independent noise. Free init then reinitializes noise by combining the low frequencies of this latent with high frequencies of new Gaussian noise. This refined noise is used to sample a new video, and the process repeats to gradually enhance generation quality without any extra training. I see, so it's refining the initialization iteratively using information from the diffusion model itself to better align with the training process. That's a very elegant solution. What were some of the key findings from experiments applying free in it? The results were quite impressive. Across different text-to-video models and datasets, Free init consistently improved temporal consistency metrics by a large margin, around 3 to 8% on average. User studies also found its videos were better aligned to prompts and had higher overall quality. Ablations showed each component like noise reinitialization and multiple iterations helped. Perhaps most interesting was that even a single free init iteration gave most of the gain by just addressing that initial gap. It's fascinating that such a conceptually simple approach could have such meaningful impact. What are some potential implications and applications of this work going forward? There are a few ways this research could contribute. First, free init demonstrates the importance of considering initialization in generative models, not just architecture or training. Its ideas may translate to other domains like speech or 3D. I could also see techniques like this being combined with other recent advances to further push the limits of video generation quality. And on a applications level, improving video diffusion models is a step towards more advanced multimedia AI assistance, entertainment, and other use cases. Fantastic overview of this paper Jen. In conclusion, Free and it presents a novel way to leverage insights about diffusion models to significantly enhance video generation without any additional parameters or training. Its ideas around iterative refinement of the initialization could inspire future work on improving other generative models as well. Thanks for walking us through this insightful research. You're very welcome Tom, I'm glad we could break this down and discuss the interesting concepts and implications. 
Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Here is a goofy commercial for an absurd company inspired by the free in it paper, upbeat jingle plays, announcer, are you tired of your generated videos being all janky and out of sync? Does it look like the characters had one too many shots of noise before hitting the club? Then come on down to free in it fixers. We're the only people crazy enough to repeatedly reinitialize noisy latents and refine your generation through iterative sampling. Need that AI assistant to look less sloshed across frames? We've got you covered. Text to video not living up to the prompt? We'll bridge that initialization gap so fast your head will spin. At FreeInit Fixers we believe that even with perfectly trained diffusion models, you still gotta clean up that first pass. So bring us your corrupted creations and we'll scrub away the artifacts until those talking animals are sharp as a crow's beak feather. Conditions apply, results not guaranteed, some assembly required. Side effects may include improved temporal coherence, higher quality zooms, and characters whose clothes and appearance actually match up across shots. So forget that embarrassing first draft, let the professionals at Free and at Fixers iteratively refine it for you. We'll see you real soon. Jingle plays again as cartoonish graphics of confused characters getting their anomalies adjusted play.